0: So about $2 million got locked in, in all of our strategies. And then there was this member of our community who was a security engineer, like a really, really, I mean, I don't want to dox him, but a, a pretty decorated security engineer. We, we were literally in a call with him for eight hours trying to prove out, and test a recovery strategy, and it ended up working. And, and we wrote a smart contract to essentially flash loan all the funds out of the contract and, and redistribute them to everyone. So that was uh, that was quite the journey.
1: GMGM, GM, everyone. My name is Degachi, your host of Scraping Bits, and I'm here today with Beavis. How's it going?
0: What's up? Uh, it's going good. I'm taking my supplements, as I do for some reason every time I have a podcast. But, um, <laughs> it's the ritual. Going great. Drinking a delicious Paca vanilla coffee (laughs) out of a can. So we're really living our best life over here.
1: Damn right. I think we should just do like a quick introduction of basically
0: who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, I am Justin Beavis. I run companies mostly in the DeFi space. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do a lot of team building. Um I do some programming, do some project management, do some marketing, do some writing. Mm-hmm. I just kind of try to cover all bases and um yeah, I just try to absorb talent and and turn it toward i guess the greater good mm-hmm. uh, if the greater good is making cool products but mm-hmm.
1: yeah and yeah, I think it it's really it's really interesting um your kind of career I think. I followed you for well i've known of you for quite some times in phantom uh maybe for like a year plus or however long i've been in it as well but basically you yeah. start with reaper right and then you kind of just expanded so yeah how did you get into building like reaper and basically teams
0: yeah i mean i started like before uh reaper i started as uh a mentor, so okay. um, I, I saw a really big opportunity in early 2020 to become a an Ethereum security engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I studied the living hell out of Solidity mm-hmm. and EthSec, uh, and then in like you know July to September yep. 2020, I started kind of like a study group. Uh, where I just taught a bunch of people in my network because at this time I was floating around Discord, right. trying to learn everything I could, mm-hmm. uh, you know, buying DeFi coins, getting excited, yep. um, know, like reading code. <laughs> yeah, I, I was basically trying to be the guy that could, you know, go into a project, learn all about it, read the code, and tell people whether it was. Was a scam, yeah, and I met a lot of really cool people that way. Um, some people that mentored me, some people I mentored, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, you know, for seven, eight, nine months, you know, I had this little group of some were trying to be programmers, some were trying to be security engineers, yeah. some were trying to be marketing guys, some were just trying to buy and sell shit coins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we were all really excited about uh, the space, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that whole time I was really into Phantom, yep. uh, the Phantom network. My whole strategy was like, you know, I'm going to, uh, put a lot of my money into Phantom yeah. and to hedge my bet, I'm going to be the absolute best engineer I, I can be mm-hmm. and really learn solidity like the back of my hand. Um, and yeah, uh, from there, like, in April or May of 2021. You know, we apps started releasing earlier that year on Phantom, and we were like, well, damn, I guess this is our time. You know, we, we had been sitting around waiting for some exciting stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. So we got in our underpants, and and over the course of three weeks, totally from scratch, we built uh, Reaper.Farm. Mm-hmm. Of course, using Yarn's famous V1 uh, vaults, mm-hmm. but um, the front end, everything, we were like, we're going to have... You know this cool bespoke application, mm-hmm. and at the time, like we were pretty well advanced. Like we were doing stuff in in the smart contracts. If you look at my blog, like the very first post was you know uh, about high performance blockchains and and what cool stuff you can do. And really, all we did was add some extra state so that we can track users' profits. Mm-hmm. And it was like kind of buggy, <laughs> um, but you know, Phantom didn't have a subgraph at the time and even overall like data in defi was crap um, and and people noticed that pretty quickly uh, that we were able to to track profits and you know we started growing an audience mm-hmm. and uh, you know i guess there were a few different reasons we were successful the the least of which certainly um, not being that we were very early on into the life cycle yeah um, but yeah just building trust trying to make secure software and and you know bringing aligned people along along the way along the journey yeah yeah for Uh, sure and now we're here
1: yeah so you started with mentoring right and then you you kind of just made a lot of friends along the way and then you just basically brought them all into reaper or how did you get these initial people into Um, reaper
0: well, yeah, the two people. I mean, I, I'm way too schizo to just like <laughs> okay. people I met on the internet in Reaper. The two people I, I basically marched through. Like at this point, I had been mentoring for like six months or right. whatever, and this was in January. I I basically pulled every single like friend group I was in that I either knew multiple people in real life or that like I you know. They were longtime friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found another cybersecurity guy. He wasn't, he was into crypto. He didn't know Solidity and, and he had kind of like cooled off it in yeah. 2017. Um, but he used to program like mining ASICs. This is Goober, uh, if, if you're familiar. He's, uh, you know, heads off our security. Mm-hmm. But I yanked him along. I was like, dude, this is the, the opportunity of a lifetime. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. I need programmers that I trust so that we can like, you know, build this thing. And, and doing like an, an auto compounding service was his idea. Oh right. um, Like we were originally going to do like some crazy, like, you know, options, like okay. treasury launch pad type Pretty thing. Different. Yeah. And then, and then we were like, like the, the purpose originally was, okay, we're going to create a secure platform that teams can launch products on. Yeah. And essentially like you know, create an insurance fund and create a treasury and create, you know, tokenomics, vesting structure, whatever. Mm -hmm. We were like, bro, that's, that's going to be really hard to do. Right. Uh, and, and him being the pragmatic one or whatever the word is, uh, was like, Hey, we should just, um, auto compound spooky swap. And we can do that probably in less than a month and i was like oh yeah okay mm-hmm. and then and then uh the crow uh if you're familiar with with our roster he's he's the one who built the ethos reserve front end he built the reaper front end um, but he was working at like some uh big company doing react and you know if you've ever programmed at a big company it's like soul crushing um so i was like dude just do this and at the time like everybody's lives were subsidized because mm-hmm. if you lost your job, then you just get, you know, I forget what it was called, like the unemployment benefits or whatever were insane. Yeah. So we all just, we were all just like F it. <laughs> we're going to go ham. The unemployment benefits. And we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like subsidized, subsidized by unemployment. <laughs> we were making no money. And, but I taught them January, February. I pulled them into the Colonel OX fellowship yeah. Uh, yeah. round one. Around two. I was in one of the early rounds okay. for Colonel OX. I pulled them in. We got a lot of connections. Uh, they learned about crypto. Yeah, what was the kernel OX um,
1: kind of thing? What was that?
0: Yeah, that was that was the first blockchain fellowship. Okay. At least the first blockchain fellowship that I was aware of. Where essentially they started in late 2020. Right. Um, this is through Gitcoin. So Gitcoin's kernel OX fellowship, it's essentially like they bring a bunch of smart, talented people mm-hmm. I don't know how they picked me, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, they they bring a bunch of, of people um, in. And then, you know, I got to talk to people like Kanav yeah. of Jump. I got to talk to Robert Leshner. I got to talk to uh, Taylor, the the MetaMask lady who used to yeah, work yeah, for yeah. that other wallet. And, you know, I just like sit at air tables with them mm-hmm. or whatever they're called, like the air meet. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, little just like network. And, and chat out a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And, and then that was like my first introduction to the business side of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the funny thing was like, I was one of very few Solidity programmers there at the time. Nobody knew Solidity mm-hmm. like, and, and I had been, you know, autistic about it for like eight months yep. at, at that point. So, um, I was able to like really stand out. A lot of people tried to hire yeah. me and I was like, no, I want to do my own thing. And, um, mm-hmm. I did. And it's, you know, it's been pretty successful. Uh, I think it's definitely everything I I could have dreamed of. Mm -hmm. We definitely took the hard route, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad where we ended up.
1: Yeah. The, the route of like most resistance is usually the one you want to take, especially when, you know, you, you have the resources and the the opportunity as well, I think, um, to even take the opportunity and taking risks is is an important thing to do because if you're not going to take risks early and you're not going to try and you know grab the opportunity then you're not going to have the opportunity again in, in the future or maybe you will but it's that's also you know a chance and a a, a dice roll so i think it's
0: yeah definitely
1: a, a terrific thing you've done and you've done it really well but you have had some struggles doing it as well i remember there was a, a hack or an exploit on one of the pools yeah we've, we've had um Um, (laughs) how was that how did you even recover from that Um, because not a lot of people well the the first one
0: um, the first one we were able to white hat the funds back out and it wasn't an exploit it was a we had been working for 36 hours straight and in deleting a console log because at the time if you remember back in the day like in hard hat Like, one of the only ways to test efficiently was just using their console log. They were like, their big thing was, oh, we created console log for Solidity. (laughs) And everybody was soy face at it. So we deleted a console log and accidentally deleted a line of code that was vital in uh, accounting for some scream leverage strategies. This Mm -hmm. was September 2021. And so about $2 million got locked in in all of our strategies. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, there was this member of our community who was a security engineer like a really really i mean i don't want to dox him but a, a pretty decorated security engineer mm-hmm. we we were literally in a call with him for eight hours trying to prove out uh and test a recovery strategy mm-hmm. um and it ended up working and and we wrote a smart contract to essentially flash loan all the funds uh, out of the contract and and redistribute them to everyone. oh wow Um, So that was, uh, that was quite the journey. That's for the OG OGs. Uh, um, That was like, uh, if you look at my medium, there's like a post-mortem in September and then Mm -hmm. there's a pre-Vita quote unquote. uh, You can see the creative well that I had to tap to come up with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. We were able to save all those and and it was, you know, a a roaring victory. Very, very exciting. Um, uh, And then, the hack, the exploit, the hack that I'm sure you're talking about, yeah. August 1st of 2022, mm-hmm. we had just shipped uh, or we had just pushed from beta to the main site, our uh, multi-strategy vaults. Yeah. And at this point, they had been in beta for like over a month. They had been mm-hmm. on the pain.finance website. Um, you know, there had been a ton of code reviews. You know, later we would go back and we would investigate every single, you know, turn of events that led up to the, the, the situation. And, you know, there was a lot of overwork, there was a lot of not much sleeping, there was a lot of this, that, the other, you know, so definitely, uh, we've, we've changed up how we handle workload and and prioritization since then, but Mm -hmm. it was really, you know, it was exactly the sort of thing that would get like a, a security focused team, um, it was like an access control issue on, on the ERC four six two six interface. And you know, the funny thing is you know, while we were while after the fact we were going crazy, like figuring out every single point by point by point by point mm-hmm. um, that led to that, like we realized the ERC four six two six specification was like insane. It was like there were two people, there were two competing specifications at the time. Mm-hmm. Neither of them really suited our needs. And it was deceivingly difficult to implement. Um, Mm -hmm. And and at that point we were like, okay, you know, we're too busy focused on implementation. We're too busy focused on, uh, you know, pushing product out. We need to take a pause and we need to one, like focus on DevOps for a while, focus on infrastructure for a while. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to quit like listening to the community and shipping product nonstop because at the time, like the market was nothing. DeFi products made no money, Mm -hmm. you know, really our goal was, it it, it was at this point, it was like, okay, we need to remain relevant. And the way we remain relevant is, is, you know, we keep pushing the needle, pushing the needle, pushing the needle. And yeah, so unfortunately that, you know, we've, we've, I mean, the thing that sucks is after the fact, so we... Pay back like most of, of the users by number of users. Of course, you know, you have mm-hmm. all the biggest users that I'm into the DMs of like saying, okay, we're going to, you know, try to recapitalize you. Um, you know, we've got this, that, the other in the works. Please don't, you know, threaten us and kill us. And mm-hmm. and then there was the actual actual investigation side. And like we had a secret service contact. I'm not going to oh. get too, too far into wow. it, but, um, you know. It's like we were like the 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 thing that's most annoying is like we were getting led on by a bunch of uh, enforcement agencies. Like we were trying to you know uh, make it work, action. trying to and and we know where the funds went. They went out of two centralized exchanges, like really small oh, right. ones that you see people yeah. off ramp all the time. But we could not get uh, a subpoena and the reason why we couldn't get a subpoena is because we had paid everybody back because the only way, and and this is so stupid. I mean, I guess it's not that stupid, but the only way that we could have gotten a subpoena is if we had organized a class action and any incentive to organize a class action was gone um, because Mm -hmm. everybody had had gotten their money back. So we learned, we definitely learned a lot. Um, We don't really push out anything that is even like, you know, yellow risk without an audit um, yeah. at this point. It pisses users off, but, you know, we it's focus essential. on DevOps. We yeah. focus on, like, the breadth of our, or not the breadth, but the depth of our releases as opposed to the breadth. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's been working well so far. I think our engineers are more relaxed, you know. Uh, they they know, do yeah, more
1: code reviews. Yeah,
0: now than they do implementation. So, yeah, I mean, I could go on about that forever and ever, uh, but <laughs> yeah. it was uh, a very a traumatic stressful. experience and um, recovering from it was probably the most difficult thing oh, yeah. I've ever done, sure. at least in my life. Um, but yeah,
1: I think not a lot of people get to experience a, a hack where millions are involved and, and not being able to recover, right? Um, you have to take it out of your own pocket and kind of rebuild your whole reputation again and try not to be that like have a reputation of being hacked and nobody wants to use you like people still use you now
0: uh, yeah they're, yeah they're, i mean um, done well. you know since day 1 we've been a security focused organization we've been an engineering focused organization
1: i mean it mm-hmm. is like like
0: a, a, an embarrassing an embarrassing 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 hit to the rep but um, at the end of the day like you know we hire for trust, we hire for security, acuity. And then, you know, if, if those bases are covered, we can, we just teach engineers, solidity. you know? So, you know, really like the whole team was <laughs> so embarrassed. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I was like, guys, you know, I'm going to try, you know, we're going to insulate you from this we're going to re-engineer our processes. We're gonna re-engineer how we evaluate risk. And, you know, now we have a bunch of cool frameworks that that help us keep the heat off and help us ship securely. But yeah, it's like, um, it's like cruising. Like at the time we were gonna be the first team to deploy Solidity multi-strategy vaults uh, Mm -hmm. that are ERC 4626 compliant, which- is like long-term who, who gives a shit, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, in the absolute short-term, you know, it, it kind of matters, you know? And now we're just like, okay, we we have all of this collective autism in our organization. Why are <laughs> we Why are we chasing after short-term gain when we can easily just build for the future? I mean, yeah. we have all this cool stuff we're working on. And mm-hmm. really, I think what was most important to us You know, um, a lot of people recommended at the time that we just close up shop and move on to the next thing. And we were like, yeah, I mean, you know, anytime a business is in absolute distress, you're going to have a whole school of people that is like, okay, you know, why would you pay this back instead of just closing up shop? Or why would you, you know, go through the pain and agony of trying to keep the ship afloat when the industry standard is like, you know, just fold it up and, and move on to the next thing. And I think like, you know, this is more than like a. I mean, you know, our development work, our engineering work, our our work in general is just so much more than a business. And, you know, our, mm-hmm. our, our response, our gut response generally was like, you know, we don't want that to be the standard. And, you know, yep. we want to be able to hold our heads high, um, even if it's like painful and, and difficult. So yeah, yeah now, sure. now we're at a point, I think where we're in a much better place. I think there's still a lot of reputation that needs to be restored. Yeah. Um, but I mean, time, right? yeah, coming from phantom, it's like, you know, you, you talk to engineers on other chains. A lot of them don't like phantom phantom kind of ate a bunch of people's lunch in, in 2021 mm-hmm. and, and 2022, it like grew rapidly, you know, oh yeah, totally like almost a completely a non-culture. It was really like, you know, a dream environment. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was insane back then, but I don't know how it's doing really now, but yeah.
0: And, and now like, you know, people, people have so many reasons to be not that friendly toward theater projects. Um, and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been battling against that in addition to kind of the, the exploit on our record, but really like at the end of the day, it's like, we've been building for over two years in a space where the the half-life of a project is what, like three months or whatever. (laughs) So, um, But
1: yeah, it's it's incredible that you've come back and you've. I think you've become much stronger as a as a company because of that. Like most companies would just fall under and move into the next thing, basically stop Twitter and make a new anon. Um, But you've kept it on. You you're trying to, and I think that shows that you're really here for the long run, and it's it should be trusted in that way. Um, Obviously, it takes time, and you know um what's the word for it like more products to come out that are safe to yeah. get complete yeah you, know, you gotta uh,
0: uh, develop like some austerity you need some battle testing you need like you know, yeah yeah you need to re-season <laughs> the pan it's like you know we threw exactly. our our nice cast iron pan in the in the dishwasher and now uh, we just gotta <laughs> to, to cook again um, but we're yeah doing exactly. a lot. we're but- doing a lot of cooking <laughs> since then our like like white label engineering the white label engineering side of our business has been going really well. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it's been able to like, you know, fund a lot of the things we're doing. And, you know, the, I would say in our portfolio right now of technology, like Mm -hmm. we have multiple things, uh, either unannounced or undocumented in in public Mm -hmm. that are way ahead of where the industry is at right now. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, we always, we always lose the marketing battle because it's like, we don't invest in marketing at all. Um, And and so like, you know, you, you talk to the average user, you're like, you know, how do you feel about the oath ecosystem? And they're like, man, fuck those guys. <laughs> they they stink. They smell. They're ugly. Uh, I mean, we, we have a lot of positivity, but it's like uh, you know, all all we know how to do really better than anything is build and and be honest. Uh, and it's like uh, yeah. you know, our our goal is just we we get so far ahead of the curve tech wise uh, that people will just uh, develop. Uh, Good feelings toward us, so mm-hmm. that's maybe not yeah, the yeah. best strategy in the world. That's like you talk to a PR guy and you're like, "Hey, does that sound smart?" He's like, "Wow, you really are dumb as rocks." But um, it's it's the but eventually you
1: will start investing in marketing and stuff to get people to know yeah. your stuff. And when, yeah, and once you already have the the product established, then marketing becomes so much easier instead of just going off, you know, a wish or like. I guess something, oh, yeah, we're building this, but it yeah. might not be ready for a couple months, so be yeah. prepared. Well, we do that too. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, oh, okay. it's, uh, <laughs> I mean,
0: it, it's, um, it's like a constant. Nobody has the patience to wait. I mean, nobody that's really vocal and involved. Like all the people on crypto Twitter, most of them either don't have jobs or they have really boring jobs that they can just be on Twitter all day. So, you know, mm-hmm. you need to kind of let them know what they're waiting for. Otherwise, they get antsy. Um, it's like ethos. Yeah, it's like yeah. you know, we launch in beta. Uh, you know, we have this really cool tech. It operates really well. But I mean, we still have probably like three to six months of work to go before it's like an industry leader. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, communicating that. It's a big challenge it's like hey sorry we didn't you know fork you know whatever i do the easiest thing possible it's going to take a while yeah
1: you're trying to innovate right and that takes time yeah you got to do a lot of research and battle testing unit tests refactoring all that stuff yeah. constant audits the and boring stuff <laughs>
0: the boring yeah stuff. the things
1: people don't want to hear about right or even do <laughs>
0: yeah the, um, yeah definitely they they don't love doing that um I've uh, the, the chat GPT-4 uh, or the GPT-4 audits.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. That's
0: I'm tickling <laughs> my fancy now. <laughs>
1: uh, but
0: yeah, it, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, like um, I think as ridiculous as this industry is, I, I think it's still uh, a lot of fun and I do like it. Like, you know, everybody can pretend, oh, I don't care what the will think, but you know, I really mm-hmm. do. And um, I, I think our goal is always to to dazzle and excite uh, users. And mm-hmm. you know, everything is so tribal. It's like the, the most rewarding thing is getting oh, yeah. people to, to move your to your tribe or get excited about what you're working on. And once you accept I the think... fact that everybody's just a troll and like the, the level of sincerity is, is down on the floor, it's just like mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, it's just noise, and it's it's fun. Yeah, it's yeah. fun to build among the noise. It's like you know, selling exactly. hot dogs in a cart or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's important that you innovate as well because the whole goal is to push the the space forward yeah. and not just copy each other and you know not really contribute too much and instead of doing like a cash grab or you know another Ponzi. Yeah. It's, like the whole goal is to make the world use basically crypto right yeah and to get it adopted and the only way you can do that is by innovating yeah um so it's very important to do that but i do want to touch on basically how you started to build your team and really acquire the right people and basically filter out the wrong
0: yeah i mean um just like when when we started growing we grew pretty fast um, mm-hmm. you know uh, at the time, you know, this was peak bull market, late 2021. Um, mm-hmm. We needed help. And this was basically after that thing I told you about earlier where, where we rescued the funds um, in mm-hmm. in Scream, like we were not sleeping. We were living like me and Goober, our, our other solidity engineer, were living in an Airbnb Uh, we were like in physical agony we were like gaining weight uh, you know and we were just like working 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 and Mm -hmm. we at that point like the idea of hiring people was foreign to us you know we we kind of talked about it but it was like you know how do you trust people with these like high impact operations these high security operations and you know, how do you build a business when, you know, a single OPSEC failure can cost users their livelihoods? That was that was kind of the mindset going into it. And it was like, we didn't have VC funding. You know, we were totally revenue driven for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the reason was obvious. You know, we didn't want to release any tokens at peak hysteria because we, you know, thought it was dangerous. We were like, okay, the markets are going literally banco nutso crazy we're going to just be revenue driven, um, until things, you know, calm down a little bit. And, you know, that's the way we did things. So we didn't have like a huge war chest. It was like we needed to do stuff month to month. And, you know, what we did was I, at this time I had been building up like social clout, and not yeah. really intentionally, but I was on the podcast all the time. People followed me yeah. and, uh, you know, being, Uh, a vocally autistic man. I was, uh, you know, there were a lot of engineers that followed me, a lot of developers, a lot of people with similar passions and um, points Mm -hmm. of view being, we need to do the right thing, not the easy thing. We need to do the right thing, not the profitable Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And also DeFi is dope and it's going to, you know, go one billion X to the moon. Super epic (laughs) win. So, you know, we, we put out the word were like, Hey, you know, we're hiring and Mm -hmm. got a shit ton of applicants, like, uh, an insane amount. Uh, and, and really at that point we said we were hiring for an apprenticeship because basically we were like any, anybody we hire, we're not going to hire them for their solidity chops because Mm -hmm. one, most of the people saying they have solidity chops don't because good solidity engineers, they needed to have started a year ago and, you know, Mm -hmm. who was starting a year ago is like me and like 30 other guys. Um, Mm -hmm. so we were hiring based on willingness to learn, willingness to docs and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, eventually sign paper. So that was kind of out of left field, I think, you know, a willingness to put your name and your, uh, you know, personhood on the line, you know, Experience uh, with JavaScript, not with Solidity, because in our mind, Solidity is easy. You know, um, what's hard yeah. is te- unit testing. What's hard is you know running simulations. What's hard is building out DevOps. So we we hire mainly on, on JavaScript and familiarity with Solidity, because uh, you know okay. I, I had taught Solidity to a bunch of people. Uh, you know, it, it, easy peasy um and then uh we hire based on like values uh and morals and personality and uh, you know we we ended up in my opinion with what is now probably and this is after like a you know a really significant headcount reduction in September uh late August September right after the exploit mm-hmm. I, I think right now we have the best uh engineering firm in the space easily um and due to NDAs, I can't like really uh, rattle off uh, you know list okay. of accomplishments, but um, I would say the crew we're working with at this point, everybody is senior. Everybody is doing things that are in their own right. Like anybody's individual work item could be spun up as a startup and sold as an SAS product. You know, you know, because we're we're focused on infrastructure, we're focused on DevOps. The the yeah. strategies and things like. That's like, oh, you know, now that we've done all of the hard work, we're gonna do the solidity implementation and make some threading yes. which is easy and fun, and it's just a lot of review uh, and a lot mm. of you know security analysis. Um, so, I mean, I guess you know how we built our team. I would say one focused on on values and focused right. on the hard stuff and a willingness to learn, as opposed to any mm. individual skill set, and I think that worked out fabulously like we've we've had the same team we ha- we have zero turnover you know right. we we've had the same exact team since our first round of hiring and mm-hmm. you know sadly even even the market crashed we we yeah. everybody took a huge pay cut and nobody left nobody even wanted to leave mm-hmm. and we built a culture of excellence we built a culture of you know, service to, to our workers and to our employees. Like, you know, I, I, I tell them, I am literally here to make your life better. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. I exist as Justin Beavis, you know, my, you know, my life doesn't matter all, you know, get whipped and tarred and feathered and do whatever I need to do to make (laughs) sure that we can accomplish the mission being,
1: you know,
0: we're going to securely innovate this space, whether they like it or not, we're going to take them by their ear and we're going to throw them into the future. Uh, and we're gonna do all the R and D necessary to, to do so. So that commitment has has come and gone both ways. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, really, like every single month, we have an all staff. You know, we have one on one meetings every quarter. You know, okay. we're constantly communicating with the team. We're constantly making sure everyone is aligned, and we're we're giving them the tools they need to succeed. And you know, we help them through personal issues. We help them through. You know, anything that, that you can imagine, we give them access to resources. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, you know, I guess that's I think, yeah. how you build a team. And I would say the biggest like mistake that we made, um, which is probably useful to people listening, is we hired based on like an, an immature view of the crypto market. Um, so we hired, we were like, OK, let's Google how to staff uh a software company. And it was like, okay, you take the amount of revenue you're making. Okay. You spend this amount on revenue or yeah. Yeah. We totally boilerplate with it. Uh, This was like, you know, (laughs) back when, you know, we were like, okay, we'll spend 20 minutes on this. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, since then, like my focus, when I moved from engineer to CEO, you know, my focus has been, I mean, not as much growth management now, but it's really like, um, you know, Team management, you know, how can we develop trading, uh, you know, acuities and things like that where, you know, we can look forward at market catalysts and and plan based on Mm -hmm. those. We can grow our team. We can make sure we have like long-term contracts in place before we grow our team. We can make sure that we have, uh, you know, really accurate projections of revenue. We make sure we know how much shit costs to make, you know, and, and know, where we need to slim down and where we need to fatten up. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. it's really like, you know, I, I miss just programming every day and, and designing software every day and, and going ham, yeah. but really I'm doing the same shit. It's just, instead of, you know, fine tuning algorithms, I'm just fine tuning a company which has way more variables yeah. than the average DeFi algorithm, you know, so.
1: Yeah, managing basically you're basically wearing multiple hats now and you shifted from engineer to basically CEO and now you're basically managing a team instead of managing code. You're, you're building a team instead of code. Yeah. Um, so it's a different kind of engineering. And I guess what, well, if you were to like redo all this um, now that you have all this experience, well, what would you basically do to get to a, a, the point where you're at now, um, skipping all the extra difficulties and struggles
0: Um, well, I think probably I would have tried to stay as absolutely lean as possible and as off risk Mm -hmm. as possible as we grew, I would have grown earlier. Um, so basically once we had the, this, this slightest whiff of product market fit, which would have been Mm -hmm. probably around June, July, 2021, I would have started Mm -hmm. hiring, um, I would have I would have hired earlier, hired slower and honestly like the whole way and and keep in mind like our bandwidth for actual management in 2021 yeah. was like zero, you know. But if you know, if if I had been able to go back and and restructure everything and look at all of these growth catalysts and look at all of these inflection points you know, look at all of our our most popular products, our highest revenue products, you know, I I would have built everything around that. Um, And I think, you know, yeah, I mean, I I think just overall, we could have done things a lot more efficiently. We were like racing. And and the thing is, like, at the end of the day, like, how many projects that were founded uh, in, or how many teams that were founded projects, whatever, in early 2021, that are still around? So I think we did okay, even, even with like, I mean, you know, looking at now that I know way more than I'd like to know about fundraising and about corporate finance, you know, we would have raised money way earlier. Um, We would have released a token way earlier. You know, I I think like a lot of the, you know, values and whatever that, that drove decision making early on, we're definitely on the naive end of things uh, because it's like, you know, you, you look back at who, who was the TV of phantom, you know, you've got Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Alameda, you've got, you know, quantum fintech and Mm -hmm. Alameda was probably using customer funds from FTX, you know? And, you know, at, at the end of the day, like these guys whole job, like they, they wanted something to sink money into. They needed something to sink money into. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really like, you know, the, the, you know, I think the disservice, like, you know, maybe even the the trajectory of Phantom would have changed if we had grown earlier and been able to get a better handle on things. Maybe we would have had Mm -hmm. extra security engineers to throw Andre's way to help Solidly go better. Because at Mm. the time, like, if you recall Solidly, like, we were submitting bug reports, we were telling him, like, Months before release, like yo, bro, this shit needs <laughs> this shit needs to work, dude. Yeah. But the thing is, nobody could spare the resources to actually fix it top to bottom, and and at the time, like mm-hmm. everybody in the industry was stretched so thin. And and I feel like um, not to take all the blame for everything in the whole world upon myself, but you know, uh, I think we we know so much now as an organization, and we've become so much more yeah. mature as an organization, even just in these two years, um, mm-hmm. that. And and hindsight, of course, is twenty twenty. But um, a lot of the hiccups of the past, uh, a lot of the you know misjudgments uh, and things, um, we definitely mm-hmm. would have uh, acted more efficiently. So yeah, I mean, really, like my job is just to you know, as efficiently as possible, produce technology and and generate revenue. And uh, yeah,
1: you did like how did you raise capital really i know you did some tokens um did you ever do like vc stuff or was it purely just public rounds
0: um any anything we do with vcs uh you probably won't hear about for a while our main source of revenue is you know we do development work and in some cases like facilitate legal work, facilitate accounting, back office growth type management for oh, uh, yeah DeFi companies. Um, and, right. you know, we've, we've worked on and worked with some, quite frankly, really large ones, ones like 10 times bigger, 20 times bigger than we are. And, you know, that right now, like you look at revenues in DeFi, you look at, you know, where is DeFi in terms of product market fit? Revenues are down 95% or more, but, and, and really like, you know, the only thing keeping the space alive is those VCs, those liquid funds that are essentially propping the industry up waiting for, you know, the next wave of liquidity because, you know, they have so much invested. So development is still like at a premium, like people still want the best tech. They want the best engineers. They want the highest security protocols. So that's really like where the money is. And, you know I, I personally hate raising money. It's like the most mm-hmm. annoying thing to do. It's like uh, a peacock dance. it's like a funny you know whatever. Yeah. Um,
1: um, how do you like negotiate deals with, with VCS anyway if like yeah basically equity versus value? Yeah um, like I you, mean right reasonable.
0: now um, the, the popular thing to do is uh, a safe or a saft so this is a, a fundraising structure that I personally hate, but all VCs, this is all VCs want. Um, And and essentially it's equity plus token warrant. So, you know, what uh, these companies get is they get a share in the company itself. So if the company is successful, then dope, Um, great. Uh, And then Mm. they get a token warrant, which means they get a share of the token supply. And now what this means for most companies is they don't give a shit about the equity. Uh, The equity is like a Hail Mary. The equity is like, okay, you know, we're going to fund like the 20th best DeFi project in, you know, Malaysia or whatever. Um, We're going to give them a fat uh, round. We're going to pump them full of money. We're probably going to structure it in a way that, you know, some of that money will find its way back to our partner firms or whatever. But You know we're going to fund as much marketing as much hype as much development as possible and a lot of that development is yeah. just fluff uh, but we're going to yeah. essentially try to race to the biggest boldest mvp ever um, and then yeah. launch a token and regain our uh, so that essentially yeah. the equity portion of the deal is free i um, mean that's what we see everywhere you know that like you know we don't really mess around with that stuff. We help teams, um, of course, that that do SAFs and do safes. Because the thing is, like you know, at the end of the day, there's a huge demand for tokens. There's a huge demand for volatility. Like you think about, if you're if you have a vested interest in a centralized exchange, what yeah. is there better to do than pump up valuations really high, so that the basis points you get on trading of the token and the volume of the token are equi- equally high, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. uh, the fundamental value of a project and they do this on the stock exchange, they do this everywhere. But mm-hmm. the fundamental value of a product might be, hey, you know, you look at the revenue, you look at the growth, you know, we'll, we'll give this, you know, a valuation of 5 million in an in a ideal world. And we see these projects get $50 million valuations, $100 million mm-hmm. valuations, yeah. $200 million valuations, I'm not going to, you know, that number goes into the multiple billions. Um, and, and the thing is like these VCs, these exchanges, these, whoever need size, like they can't invest, you know, they can't invest in something like oath, you know, uh, not that oath is an investment, but they can't purchase the digital asset commodity known as oath, which is used for governance and nothing else. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and you know because it's like small we're small potatoes Uh, so those guys don't don't give a shit. so what they can do is they can you can take a project with you know maybe worse tech maybe a worse team maybe whatever it doesn't matter pump Mm -hmm. it up to 10 times the valuation and now suddenly you put it onto an exchange it's doing 10 times 20 30 40 50 times the volume at 10 Mm -hmm. times the size and you have a vehicle for these organizations that want crypto exposure that can't invest in small potatoes, and it's yeah, it's really sure. yeah, it's kind of like a circle jerk. But
1: um, yeah, it's kind of tragic in a way because it's it's all just for the money and not really pushing pushing the space to the next level, right? Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, so the token warrants are
0: like Pantera helped invest those. It's like uh, mm-hmm. it is the vehicle of choice. It's like literally like a, a get rich quick scheme. Um, Yeah, like, yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: So, I guess, like, when, if, like, someone created a new startup and they didn't know if they needed to basically raise or not, let's say they're all doing it by themselves, making a tool or or a project, and they had enough time to build this, right? When do you think they would even need to raise or get some kind of money to start expanding
0: and get to the next stage? If it's your first time, I would say raise ASAP. Like if it's mm-hmm. your if it's your first time, you should be uh talking to VCs literally like the second you have a pitch deck together and the second you have an MVP. Waiting does not help. They do not care if you've been building it for a year or building it for ten years. It does not matter, mm-hmm. you know. They'll especially if you don't have users. Like if you if there's no fundamental value, if you don't have users, yep. if you don't have money, then the only like they just don't give a shit. And all you need to do is focus on finding the absolute best partners. Cause right now, like, you know, we, we, one of one of our like crown jewels, which, you know, is something we don't talk about. Uh, but you know, of our firm, we have this project that we consider to be literally like, you know, a year or more ahead of the curve and we've been building it for a year. And we've yep. been building it in stealth. We're like, okay, we're going to build this. We're going to get as much technical weight as we can. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to have like a really killer product. And now it gives us an advantage because nobody else is able to do or is even close to being able to do what we can do with yep, this. Yep. Um, so it helps the pitch. But at the end of the day, it's like no no VC is going to go in and read your code and, and care.
1: Right, you yeah. Know? So, so if That's you, basically s- the idea.
0: Yeah. Like our, the benefit to us is we, okay, now we can actually win the market and actually have a good product and be proud, you know? Um, but at yeah, the end of the day, definitely. like, you know, if you have an MVP, they, they don't know the difference between, you know, a 500 line JavaScript file and a create react app and a fully flagged scalable enterprise application. They, mm-hmm. uh, unless, unless you're operating in the like hundreds of millions of dollar range, they don't care. Yeah. They're, they're just like, Oh, you know, hey, we're going to shotgun into this pre seed project, cross our fingers, organize a SAFT with all of our, you know, exchange partners or whatever, and uh, not really care what happens with the company. Um, Right. So, yeah. How do you like it's, yeah. Oh, go ahead.
1: Okay. Right. Got you. And I guess a follow up question to that is how do you prepare and find these VCs? Um, And once you find them, how do you really sell your? Your ideas to them in an efficient way.
0: Yeah. So the first thing you need to do is you need to find uh, a business partner that knows VCs. You know, that's probably our biggest thing. Is like, I mean, at this point we know a, a fair number. Yeah. It's literally just networking. It's like you need to. There's like, and here's a place. I mean, there are there are places where you can like just go to, and their whole purpose is VC networking. There's this place called Humans. Human from Web3, it's called their, their Twitter app is at human from Web3 underscore. That is a company that they're designed exclusively to match founders and VCs because VCs, like rich guys can't do everything, you know, that they need to allocate their money somehow. And if you have, have become rich from being a founder, you know, you think that you're a genius and you can make anything work. And you know whether that's true or not. Uh, Web three has produced a lot of those guys, uh, and at yeah. a place like Human Human from Web3
1: Oh yeah, three So then, how it. do you prepare for these uh these guys to basically think your idea is good and are willing to invest?
0: Um, just uh, develop a, a sales pitch and workshop it with all the smartest people you know, and then find someone like a VC or whatever who's willing to say actually that's shit but i see the potential do this instead (laughs) and then you'll be like oh wow you're so smart you're so amazing thank you for blessing me with your knowledge and then uh after you blow smoke up their ass for a while they'll share it with their friends uh, and they'll have a round (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's like uh you know there are a bunch of different tactics people use like people use shock (laughs) tactics um right you know people use like it's like a whole game Yeah. I mean, this is, this is like the, the extreme alpha, uh, you know, this is what, this is something that I can only say a small podcast like this, but you know, if you want to get an idea of how to interact with VCs, the first thing you need to do is understand that they are literally just like us. Um, and Mm -hmm. I mean that in kind of a bad way in that a lot of investing is, is like, showmanship and braggadocio. It's like when someone invests in you, they do it to win. So they're throwing the Mm -hmm. dice, investing in startups, you're throwing the dice, like markets are random. Finding product market fit is not necessarily random, but actually getting market share is is relatively random. Um, You know, there's a lot of luck involved, of course, a lot of networking um, and things Mm -hmm. like that. But essentially, like, you as a startup, your ultimate goal, as far as the VC is concerned, and they'll pretend otherwise, but is yeah. to brag to their friends about how successful you are. Okay. And, and, you know, you, you think of it kind of like how I, I call it the group chat economy. So essentially, <laughs> you know, you, I'm sure you've been in group chats before, you know, what they're like, you know, lots of parasocial yeah. relationships. You know, everybody's trying to impress everybody. Everybody's trying to become friends. Everybody's, you know, developing mm-hmm. in-group culture, memes, whatever. VCs have the same shit, just with mostly other rich guys. Okay. And, and so. the poor guys in that group, those are the guys, when you hear someone called the kingmaker, those are the guys that are just in those groups but don't have money. Um, you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> like the best networking guys ever. They're just, they were like funny enough or, or knew someone and got in those those group chats uh, and right. making. sure and and that's like you know part of the value they they provide but it, it's really like you you need to think of VCs like bored rich guys because they are and how do you, how do you entertain a bored rich guy who's obsessed with finance you make numbers go up you make him money you know <laughs> and there are there are some exceptions of course like the big firms the really reputable firms you know as a whole they're not that way. But each individual portfolio manager, each investor, each partner is that way a mm-hmm. little bit. And and the absolute best have won so much that they don't need to do any more impressing, you know, and they yeah. can fail a hundred times. And then maybe, you know, they're, they're investing in the $100 million projects, billion dollar projects, and they can, you know, uh, be serious about it. But everybody else is just trying to work their way to the top. Um,
1: yeah, it's all just... Yeah. Gets to the top no matter what through other people and yeah. partnering. And basically. so, yeah.
0: Oh, no, I, I was just going to say, like, you know, as someone who's really passionate about building and about technology, mm-hmm. like, you just need to learn how to navigate that space and, for sure. and, and understand that it's a tool. Um, mm-hmm. It's a tool and it's a very powerful tool for getting the good work done.
1: Um, yeah. Like, so when you have that idea, like a, a quick way to accelerate everything is to basically have more people, because um, mm-hmm. more people equals more time being associated with the with the idea and the development, um, and obviously we have limited time, and yeah, you know we have other stuff in our lives we have to do. So having a, a good team that gel well, um, that have the right, like have the right culture and basically, their incentives aligned. Um, yeah. and just like understand each other, right. You, you need a team like that and you can only get that if you both, you, you basically all have the same time and money to basically live while you work on this and the, the biggest contributor is probably a VC for startups, right. As we just discussed. Yeah. And as soon as you can get that money, you can start getting off the ground running and building towards, you know, the MVP, if you <coughs> haven't done it already or to like the next, the next stage. Yeah, Um, I I guess
0: the last thing I would say is make sure you know who you want to hire before you have the money in hand so like don't get the money and then start racing to fill the space Um, I would Mm -hmm. say like find people to build alongside you find co-founders you know find Mm -hmm. an early hire and pay them out of your boot or whatever but make sure that You know exactly where you want the product to go. You know exactly the skill sets you need to get there and that you've been vetting someone and getting someone aligned with you before you need to pull the trigger. Uh, Because that's, uh, you know, that will be the difference between creating a team around a product and creating a product Mm -hmm. around a team. Because your early hires will absolutely shape your product forever mm-hmm. and and their skill sets like when you're responsible for 50 percent of a, a code base or 50 yeah. percent of a development crew like of course the things you're good at are going to bubble up to the surface and the things you're bad at are going to be pushed to the side so you need to make sure you have yeah. all your priorities and all your trade-offs totally uh managed
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely great insight and i don't think this is very easy information to get without experience, right? Um, yeah. Someone yeah. just starting out would have no clue how to do any of this until they eventually have a good idea and somehow build something to attract someone's attention. Then they will learn about it, right? Yeah. So I think this information is in- incredibly valuable for anybody doing startups, even if you're experienced, uh, if you're not. Um, I'm greatly appreciative of speaking to you for the first time actually (laughs) yeah yeah nice Um,
0: nice talking to you I know you're working on some cool stuff and yeah it's really just about like consistency and you know believe in yourself and you know beyond that you know if if need be know when to quit and mm -hmm. and know when you know the product market fit isn't there Uh, and you know not wasting your own time is extremely like, it's a valuable skill because pride will almost always get in the way of, of productivity. Um, and you just like, I, I, I always refer to myself as like a cockroach, you know, it's like, I may not be the most beautiful, well-groomed, wonderful, you know, thing in the world, but by God I'm going to work harder and I'm going to get the job done. And I'm going to survive, uh, you know, whatever gets thrown at me. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I guess just like throwing away uh, ego, being willing to just fucking eat dirt for your team and eat dirt to make <laughs> to make things work, I think is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that's really, truly the key to being successful no matter what. Uh, because you, mm-hmm. you you're not guaranteed PMF. You're not guaranteed a, an industry that grows. You're not guaranteed investment. You're not guaranteed anything except what mm-hmm. you can guarantee yourself. And if that's already exactly. strong enough to beat ass and, and whip the competition, uh, then you're mm-hmm. good and you're a gangster and you don't need to worry about anything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's all just consistency and sacrifice really yeah exactly just trying to push yourself to the next the next stage but yeah it's been such a pleasure man i i really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to to talk about your experiences and i I hope all the success for for bite masons and all the future endeavors in the pipeline um thank you yeah thank you so much for coming on
0: yeah thanks for having me and i hope uh all of your listeners can you know start up unicorns and uh be way more successful than me and uh you know i wish you all the success and there's plenty of of room for for all of us so let's just try our best yeah for sure Uh, yeah
1: it's been an hour
0: so i will sign off (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah all right thank you everybody for listening and take care yeah thank you